Thank you for listening to the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. I'm Dwayne McCray, your host, and today I'm being joined by Ken Brady, who's the Director of Sunday School for LifeWay. Ken, thank you for being with us today as we look at Session 4. Dwayne, I appreciate the invitation. Good to be back. Here we are. We're looking at Job chapter 28, verses 12 through 28. Uh, in this section of, of Job, just for some background, you've had these conversations going on between Eliphaz, Bildad, Zophar, and Job. Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, they've been sharing their wisdom or lack of it, and then Job's been responding. That's been going on. They're in their third round of those conversations. Uh, in this third round, uh, you have Eliphaz speaking, you have Bildad speaking, but so far, he doesn't, he's not given an opportunity to speak at all. And so Job's kind of in the middle of those, those words of encouragement from his friends. And in chapter 28, verses 12 through 28, you find Job bringing up some questions and some ideas that need to be addressed. You get the idea, he's kind of had all he can stand of them. Uh, but here's the four ideas in these verses, valued, hidden, found and offered. And what we're talking about is wisdom. Wisdom is valued, hidden, found, but offered. In verses 12 through 19, the idea there is valued. Job asked a question about where wisdom can be found and then provides his old answer, declaring that wisdom is not found on earth. Since it can't be found on earth, the value of wisdom is therefore greater than silver or any other earthly treasure. The main point for us is that the wise person values and treasures godly wisdom. To counter that in verses 20 through 22, he then brings up the idea that wisdom is hidden. Job explains that wisdom's hidden from the living and the dead. Neither are able to grasp true wisdom, nor either the source of true wisdom. The main point for us there is that the wise person searches for godly wisdom, because that's the wisdom that's not hidden. In verses 23 through 27, Job builds on that idea, and he, we've entitled that section Found, because Job declared that only God is the source of true wisdom, and God's wisdom is seen in his creative work. The main point for us is that true wisdom belongs to God alone. The good news of this whole section is found in 28.28, where we find that it's offered. In this verse, Job announced that wisdom is found in fearing God, and turning to him in repentance. The main point for us is that true wisdom consists of fearing God and it produces a moral life. That's a quick look at the passage of Job 28, 12 through 28. Ken, let's think about some of these things here. He talks about wisdom as being hard to find. What makes wisdom so hard to find and is it that hard to find? Uh, that's a great uh, a great question for us to go dive into this uh, session with Dwayne. I think that you know wisdom could be hard to find uh, simply because there is a lot of competitions. I'm going to you know air quote that. There's a lot of competition. Uh, you know people <coughs> people want to speak in and uh, and share their wisdom with us. It may be 
a parent. It could be grandparents that we look to, uh, maybe our friends that like to counsel us. Uh, you know, right now, I think social media does that. You know, we, we look for information and we look for uh, wisdom out there in uh, social media. Sometimes we look at uh, sports personalities or movie, uh, movie uh, stars uh, or authors of books, you know, that we really enjoy reading. And, and we may look to these people uh, for wisdom. And it makes it hard because there are so many competing voices. One person says this, another person says that. And you've asked that question, you know, is wisdom that hard to find? And, and, and the, the real answer, you know, is it's not that hard to find. It just depends on, you may, you may be looking in the wrong place. Like Job said, you know, you're not going to find it, uh, you know, on heaven or under the earth, uh, or you're going to find it uh, in God alone. He is going to be that source of wisdom. So really, you know, if you look to the scripture, uh, it's not hard to find. It is literally right there, accessible and open to any of us uh, that want to uh, know what wisdom truly is. We just look to see what God has told us, and then we rightly apply that to life. You mentioned different sources people turn to, social media, authors, all kinds of things people turn to. What are some of the things that people present as wisdom that we know really is not? Uh, well, that's fun because I, I think that, uh, you know, they, they will sometimes point to the thoughts uh, of others and, and you will see them, you know, quoting somebody uh, and they look at that person as a, a, a source of wisdom. Uh, sometimes that's themselves, Dwayne, you know, they want to, you know, be that sage on the stage, you know, look to me, I've, I've been down the road of life, you know, I, I understand these things, and I can, I can present myself as a wise, uh, a wise person. And so I think you've got some of those things uh, that are in play, you know, that people uh, do want to present uh, themselves as wise, or they want to present the words of others, as a source of wisdom, because you're, you're quoting somebody uh, important in your life. Uh, but uh, most of the time, you know, those are, those are not going to be sources of true wisdom. Uh, and that's why I think for the believer, you know, thank goodness that we've got the word of God to always fall back on. And we always know that it speaks truth. It speaks uh, God's heart. It speaks his word to us. And so uh, we uh, obviously have to elevate that above anything uh, that is given to us as uh, wisdom. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah, that does. Uh, one question I have here, because I'm looking at the text here, verse 22, Job uses the phrase Abaddon and death. Now, that word uh, Abaddon, it only appears six times in the Old Testament. Right. It's a rare word. So what's the significance of him using that phrase Abaddon and death? So this is a great question. Abaddon, uh, Dwayne, as you know, uh, really translates the word grave, or Sheol, uh, and you can even find it over in the New Testament. You can see it in Revelation chapter 9, verse 11, uh, where it's translated bottomless pit. And so when you, when you understand that, all you got to do is back up one verse to verse 21, where he talks about uh, the wisdom is hidden, he says, from the eyes of every living thing. And then he says, and concealed from the birds of the sky. And so I think there's a there's a twofold meaning here uh, with birds of the sky that relates to Abaddon. So hang in there with me. Okay. You think about a bird and you think about how high those things fly. I mean, I have I have come out of my home uh, or just, you know, you've just been outdoors and you look up and, and there's a hawk. 
and it is hundreds and hundreds of feet in the air, just wings extended, soaring, you know, riding the, you know, the, uh, the wind and whatnot. And, uh, and it has a tremendous view of the landscape. And while it also has that height, you know, uh, of, of being so, so high up in the sky, uh, birds uh, are very well known for having super sharp eyesight. They can spot a mouse hundreds of yards away and have that thing in their clutches, you know, for lunch uh, before that poor little field mouse knows what's hit him. And so you think <laughs> of what he, Joe, you know, what, what has been said here, uh, you know, you got the birds in the sky, so they're way up high. And then he says, Abaddon and death, you know, in the next verse. And so basically, uh, from uh, the, you know, the heights to the depths, uh, you know, you're not going to find wisdom if you search for it. It's only going to be found in God, in his word. And so it's a great illustration, I think, uh, just as, you know, no matter how high and how far and how wide you look for wisdom, uh, how low you go, you know, to the Abaddon, to the, you know, Sheol, to that bottomless pit, you're just not going to fight. It's going to be a frustrating attempt on your part. So basically, look to God, look to his word. So Joe points to the fear of God as the, the source of wisdom. How does that move us toward wisdom? When we start fearing God, how does that open the door for us to understand and gain wisdom? The thing that we would want our groups to know is that uh, here, you know, when we say the word fear, we're not talking about a uh, a spirit of paralysis, you know, where we're, uh, you know, just uh, in a fetal position uh, in the corner kind of a thing. We're, we're really talking about a reverence. It's a posture of humility. Uh, it puts us in a position of submissive reverence. I think that's important. And, uh, and when we get in that kind of a position, Dwayne, uh, because of that reverence, that fear of the Lord, uh, it leads us to trust him, even when uh, things uh, are not fully revealed to us, like in Job's case, and I like what uh, the author uh, of the study uh, or our commentary said. He said uh, that we can become comfortable with mystery. I love that phrase, that we can become comfortable with mystery. We don't have to have all the answers because we fear, we revere the Lord, we trust him in all things, and we know that He's he's got this, you know. And so uh, I think that fear, that uh, that humility and submissive posture leads us to uh, to trust and to know that God has our best interest at all times, even though we don't understand maybe what's exactly taking place in our lives, we can trust his character. A related statement to that is found in the personal study guide and the daily discipleship guide. Uh, it's in the comments in the personal study guide uh, on verses 23 through 27. Uh, and it's in day four, I believe, in the daily discipleship guide. And it's this statement is that one day God will enable us to see everything clearly and to fully understand his purposes. Then it follows it with this statement. In the meantime, by the help of the Holy Spirit, God gives believers the insight to understand the gospel, God's word, and his will for us in the present, as well as a glimpse into the future. So he gives us enough for us to act, uh, to do what we need to do here, knowing that one day we will fully understand that. Exactly. The teaching plans... Uh, in both the leader guide and in the back of David's subship guide, talk about that particular statement. One day God will enable us to see everything clearly and to fully understand his purposes. That statement's included in an activity. The activity is for us to create three teams, and each team is assigned one of these Bible verses. One of the Bible verses is 1 Corinthians 1, 24 through 25. The second one is Colossians 2, 3, and the third one is James 1, 5. 
And then we're to look at those passages, uh, each team is, and think about how that passage answers Job's questions here in verses 23 through 27. And then it leads us into having a discussion about one day God will enable to see everything clearly and to fully understand his purposes. I know the, the teaching plan calls for us to do that as three teams. You could recruit three people in your group and have one person share what they discovered, another person share, and another person share. You could put those verses on a, a handout. You could put them on a screen and then do it as a group. Whether you look at all those verses, it would be a challenge to, to look at every verse and have everybody turn to that because it's going to take more time than you may have in your group time. But if you put it on a handout, that may help you if you don't want to do it with a team. Or you can do it as teams. And remember, you may say, well, I've only got three people in my group. Each one of those people could be a team. And so uh, you can still use that idea to teach this lesson, to bring, up, to bring out the point that one day God will enable us to understand everything clearly. But in the meantime, right now, he's given us what we need to function on this earth. Ken, one more thing I want to bring out here. Job uses the name Adonai when referring to God in this passage. Why is that important for him to use the word Adonai in this text? Well, I think, Dwayne, when you understand the uh, the meaning of the word, you know, it really means uh, Lord uh, or Master, and it really shows uh, God's sovereignty, reminds us of his sovereignty uh, over us. And uh, the word Adonai was uh, often substituted for uh, his name, Yahweh. Uh, the Jews did not want to accidentally take uh, Yahweh's name in vain, and so they would substitute the word uh, Adonai, and, uh, and it just showed uh, that they had a healthy reverence, a healthy fear of the Lord, uh, and and it put them in that posture again of uh, being a in a place of reverence uh, for the Lord. And so I think that's that's significant because it goes to back you know back to your point just a minute ago that if we really do believe that uh, that God is trustworthy and that God is always working things out for you know, our good, His glory those kinds of things that we can, we can trust that, you know, even though we may have limited revelation uh, right now in this life, uh, that we, we can trust his character, that, that uh, he is uh, doing good things for us. And we just have to trust that. And so we do that knowing that as Adonai, he is our Lord, he is our master, he is sovereign over us. And so our position should be, you know, one where uh, you know, we realize he is the creator, we're the creature, you know, uh, he's the creator, we're the created. And so uh, we can live like that and, uh, and submit ourselves to him, we can revere him. And I think that leads us to a place where uh, we can hear him. And then uh, we can uh, be clear, you know, about what we have heard. And that should uh, lead us to a, that position in life where uh, we can say, no matter what, uh, you know, sea billows are rolling, you know, right now, uh, I, I trust, <laughs> you know, I, I trust him in all circumstances. And I think uh, Job, you know, was there. I think that uh, he had a clear conscience. He realized that uh, something was going on that he didn't understand, uh, but he, he trusted God and uh, he had placed himself in that posture as uh, someone who was under God's uh, sovereign authority and rule. And that's a great place for us to think about this, where this lesson leads us to is that there is hope for us. It's not that, that wisdom is unattainable. It's that a certain kind of wisdom is unattainable, but that wisdom is, is available to us. It can be found in, in, through a relationship with the father, with Adonai, who is, who is Lord and who is willing to help us to know how to navigate in this world.
Well, Ken, any other things, any other insights you would share from this passage? Oh, I think it's going to be a great, uh, great Bible study. I uh, wish I was teaching this particular one. I've got a fellow that's uh, uh, teaching my group, and uh, and I have taken a, a short sabbatical from uh, from teaching my group. Uh, but this is going to be a tremendous one. We need this reminder, you know, that uh, with all the competing forces in our world, you know, that grab for our attention. Uh, that really we have the the one thing in front of us that we need for wisdom, and that is God's word. And I'm very, very thankful for that, that uh, with all those, uh, the chorus of voices that are out there, uh, I really got, I've got the one person that I really do need to listen to. He's given me his word, and uh, it is true and accurate all the time, and I am very thankful for that. And I think our people need uh, that reminder uh, that, uh, that, yes, they've got people they can turn to, they've got things they can turn to for wisdom but they've got the best thing in front of them, and that's their Bible. Ken, thank you for that reminder. Thank you for being with us, Ken. I appreciate your, you sharing your insights and thoughts on this passage. I want to thank our folks out there for listening to us today. If you have comments or questions, you're welcome to send me an email at McCrary at lifeway.com. That's D-W-A-Y-N-E dot M-C-C-R-A-R-Y at lifeway.com. And I'll do my best to answer your question, but if I don't know the answer, I'll put you in contact with a person who can. Hope you'll join us next week as we look at session five. Drew Dixon will be joining me. We'll be looking at Job 36, 8 through 23.